Welcome to the Stop Down Photography Podcast, episode 51. I'm Scott Davenport. Today's topic is reflecting on your 2020 photography. Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. I'm glad to be back for another chat about photography, this shared passion of ours. And in today's episode, let's take one more step on our never-ending journey of photography. As the year comes to a close, it's a natural point to reflect on our photography for the past 12 months. It's a first step in preparing for the year ahead, and reflection on the past 12 months helps guide your personal goals for 2021 and your photography. Now, 2020 has in no way been a normal year, and that is about as big of an understatement as I can make. Nevertheless, there is value in assessing your work. It's good to take stock of what you did, reflect on what worked, identify what didn't, because only when we measure our work can we improve our work. If you enjoy today's podcast, please do share it with a friend, share it on social media with your camera club, and if you can, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Ratings on Apple Podcasts really is the best way to help other photographers find out about the show. So this podcast is the first of a two-parter. Today's episode, part one, is about reflecting on a body of work, ideas about how to review your photos, the kinds of patterns to look for, and so on. And in the next episode, we'll call that part two, that will be about turning your observations and discoveries into action so you can create a set of personal projects to grow your photographic craft. When I review my photography for a given gear, I look at my work from a few different perspectives. Part of my assessment involves metadata. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may remember episode 10, the metadata time machine. It's these reflective periods where metadata is very helpful and you reap the benefits of the time you've spent with your metadata through the course of a year. I leverage my star ratings heavily when I'm assessing a body of work, and most everything else comes for free through EXIF data. The ratings don't. If you're not rating or ranking your photos, you can still review your work, and you should. But have a listen to episode 10, and maybe I'll convince you to add at least some sort of rating system to your imagery. All right, for a little context here to help with our discussion, because I'll use my photo library as an example of how you might want to approach reviewing a body of work and analyzing a period of time for your photography. Now, I use Lightroom as my asset manager, and I have all of my quote-unquote serious photo work in a single folder hierarchy. At the top, it's called Travel. So in Lightroom, I can select my travel folder, and all of my subfolders are kind of like this small subsection of my entire photo library. So I can look at just the photos that are part of my professional work when I do this type of analysis. From there, the library filters in Lightroom. That's the backslash key for you Lightroom users out there. The slicing and dicing of the segment of your library through metadata is pretty straightforward. You have access to the dates, you have access to the attributes like your ratings, a whole bunch of things there. And the asset management features of Lightroom are really, really strong, and it's one of the key reasons I am still using Lightroom to manage my photos. That and 
admittedly a little bit of inertia for not moving around. So with that in mind, you have your body of work that you consider your art, your photography that you are improving on, growing on, you know, your craft. And within that, you can look at just your photos captured in a given time frame. And here we're talking about 2020. I'll set that up, get that view in front of me, and I'll look at these photos in a variety of ways. And this year, I looked through my 2020 work in four different ways. The first way, number one, is just the by-the-numbers analysis. There's actually three little subparts of this for uh, like a by-the-numbers examination. The first is just the sheer count of photos that entered my library. How does that compare to last year? Am I still producing work, capturing photos at the same pace that I was previously? Now, certainly in 2020, that is not true. In my library, I brought in about 570-ish photos for the whole year. That's about one-third of what I did in 2019. And if you think those numbers are low, you're already getting the idea. I'm not a prolific photographer. I capture a handful of photos per shoot. Uh, but these numbers are kind of expected. I'd expect that my 2020 volume was much, much lower than previous years. And I also took a peek back at 2018, considering 2020 was certainly an odd year. And that year was very high, which was unusual. It was like around 4,500 photos for the year. But then I drilled down into the sequences a little bit and saw several were like these 500, 600, 700 photo sequences for time lapses. So if you notice an outlier, my point here is take a one step further and look into the, the data or look for that spike or that gap. And maybe there's a reason that that's happening in your library. But, you know, just looking at the sheer count of photos that come in. Am I roughly on pace with what I would expect? Now, the second thing is take that same by the numbers analysis of what came in for the year and then look at the keeper rate. Now, for me, that means a four-star rated photo or higher. And in 2020, my air quotes, good photos are about 34% of my library. That's pretty good on par with what I did in 2019, which was uh, on the higher end of 34%. So that is goodness. Even though my volume of work was less, my keeper rate was on par. So I didn't regress too much in that regard. Now, the third dimension of this by the numbers analysis is consistency. What about the consistency of my photography? And what I mean by that, we're talking about just the numbers. Did I photograph with reasonable consistency throughout the year? And that indicates frequent practice. And as we know, practice makes perfect. In 2020, definitely not. Sporadic. As a landscape photographer, I get inspired by being outside with a camera. And I got out a little more in the summer months. I gained more consistency since October of this year, getting out about twice a month working the camera, and that I expect in a year like 2020. Travel was certainly limited, and sometimes simple mobility, so that is expected. Comparing that to 2019, yeah, 2019 was a much more consistent year for my photography, much more linear month to month. 
Now, something else to keep in mind when you do that consistency measure is to keep in mind or filter out big events. Like for me, that is a family vacation to a new place I've never been or a photo workshop. You know, those types of things skew the month-to-month numbers, sometimes really dramatically. Uh, and like that previous example, if you're doing anything major like time lapses or capturing tons of frames for, I don't know, um, star trails photography, you know, those will bump up and pad the numbers. So keep things in check. But you're, you're really looking for a trend here. It doesn't have to be a hardcore to the individual photo analysis. Look for the trend. See if you've got consistency. So by the numbers, uh, it's about what I expected in 2020. The overall volume was low, my keeper rate was consistent, uh, but my month-to-month photographing consistency, the times I went out and shot, that was a little bit all over the place. Okay, the second wave of analysis. This is the same set of photos, now just looking at them again with an eye for camera settings and gear. And this is where the EXIF data comes in very handy. Give insights on what your shooting patterns are. What settings do you gravitate toward? What gear are you using or not using? That could be camera bodies, that could be lenses. As you gain an understanding of your habits, you'll know your strengths and you'll learn where the opportunities for growth are. For me, I primarily look at focal length and sometimes will examine exposure time, which can suggest filter usage. I don't bother with camera bodies. I have two camera bodies, and they're both A7R2s. So 99% of the photos in my library are captured with the same camera body. So there's no variation for me in camera body. For lenses, I have three main lenses, a 16 to 35, a 24 to 70, and a 70 to 200. So there's also very little overlap in those. And so I don't pay attention too much to the lens. I do have a nifty 50, and so I can always take a peek at just the 50 millimeter focal length if I notice an interesting peak in that particular focal length and see, was I shooting with that lens or just it happened to align on that particular focal length? But those are the things I'm paying attention to as I look through for camera settings and for gear. Now, focal length in 2020, there were, for me, three clear spikes, 16 millimeter, 24 millimeter, and 70 millimeter. Now that tells me two very clear things. I like wide angle photos. And when I've got that 16 to 35 millimeter on, chances are I'm at 16 millimeter. And that's no surprise. I'm a landscape photographer. I like my wide angle photos. What did surprise me is the bookends at 24 and 70 millimeter So when I'm breaking out that lens, I'm either completely wide at the 24 millimeter range or I'm racked out at 70. And that's interesting to me. And that is a very similar pattern to what I did in 2019. So there's some opportunities there for me to break out of those focal lengths. Now, what about the shutter speed? That's harder to examine because there's so many data points, right? You know, one third is different than one fourth is different than one fifth. So I tend to look at groupings. And for most of my work in 2020, I was between a third of a second to a 200th of a second, which suggests from a gear point of view, a light grade filter or no filter at all. 
And when I examined just the keepers, there really wasn't even any, any outliers or spikes. It was just an even spread. So I didn't do a lot with filter work this year. And for my style of photography, when I think about what does that data mean in the context of what I do, not surprising. As in 2019, I look and I see, oh, I have a lot more one to five second work. Why? I was at the coastline a lot more photographing the ocean, photographing water, and that's when my filters come out again and again and again. So in 2020, my filters were underutilized, and there's explanations for that. It's a factor of the pandemic world conditions. An additional shooting pattern insight for me came from examining the aperture settings. Now, not exactly a relationship to the gear, but it fits well into this area of analysis. And am I photographing at certain apertures more often than others? And it will be no surprise, as a landscape photographer, my peaks were at f8, f11, and f16. And I did notice there was an interesting little mini spike at f4. And when I looked at those particular images, they were a lot of test shots. A lot of times I'll just open up the aperture wide, get a bunch of test shots, and that's usually when I'm out at location before sunrise, capturing photos and trying to do some composition, or I don't care about the actual content of the photo, but I want to just get a composition in mind. So those ended up sticking around in my library. And maybe that's an opportunity for me to just clean house and get rid of some of those test shots. Okay, so first round of analysis was by the numbers. The second round of analysis is the camera settings, which suggests gear usage. The third round is photo content. What subjects are in the photographs that are in my library? Do I have certain composition tendencies? Is there a predictability to my photography? Or are there photos that are clear outliers from a subject or content point of view? Now, this type of analysis takes a little bit longer because you must consider the individual photos. You can't just look at numbers in a, in a filter or totals. You have to actually look at the thumbnails. And so for this analysis, I only pay attention to the keepers. So for me, that's those four-star photos and higher. So what did I find in 2020? Certainly, my subjects are wide landscapes. I did notice my compositions tend to lean toward lower left to upper right. There's certainly exceptions, but that was the trend. And also very few panos made it above my four-star rating bar. So that was interesting to see. I also noticed I started to branch into what I'll call travel photos. So not exactly the grand landscape photo or, you know, like the, the epic landscape photo, but accent photos, things that were maybe in and around the location, close-ups or additional photos to support a primary subject or a, a main photo with a supplementary content to go around it. I also noticed a theme with haze, and this may be because I went inland more in 2020, you know, looking for places that would be less populated so I could still get out with the camera and not be as concerned about uh, COVID. And I had a lot of four-star photos with layers of hills and haze, and that was more and more prominent, especially in the back half of 2020. So that was interesting. That was a, an illuminating discovery. 
Another way to consume the images that are in this view, you're looking at a photo content, you have these thumbnails of your photos there. Which ones just catch your eye? You know, skimming through the pages of thumbnails, kind of like you're looking at someone else's website, someone else's body of work. What thumbnails jump out? And why do they jump out? Certain color, certain subject, uh, they just are different than everything else there. And I had a few of those pop up in my analysis too. There were several symmetry photos where I had a uh, top to bottom symmetry that really stood out from the pack looked at my, looking at my whole body of work. And um, I also noticed that my extra long exposures jumped out. And these are like exposures like beyond 20 seconds, let's say. And that is in and of itself interesting. So those photos seem to pop off the page more for me than my general landscape. The fourth and final pass I made at my 2020 work was looking at it from the point of view of processing. Again, this is one I limited to just my keepers. And I was looking for broad brushstrokes. Was I using a certain style or a certain color palette? Was I steering more toward a hyper-realistic rendition of a scene? or something more true to life? Uh, was it black and white? Was it color? Those types of things. And I did mostly color work. I, I didn't find a real processing trend. Uh, it wasn't full-on hyper-realistic, although certainly adding particular punch to certain subjects. If you've ever watched any of my YouTube videos, you know my style of processing is a series of small changes that usually add up to something uh, larger than uh, the individual changes themselves. Uh, my black and white work did stand out, and maybe that's because with a grid full of color photos, a black and white photo is just going to stand out. Well, when I looked at the black and whites, the interesting like sub-classification maybe there were more long exposures, so a lot of smooth water, streaking clouds across the sky, things like that. And I started to explore nuance in very deep shadows. So a lot of deep shadows, yet enough difference that you could uh, you know, explore those, those spaces. That might connect with the haze and layers of uh, hills I described earlier. So there's something there, and that's something I want to pay attention to as I start to think about what I want to do in 2021. So to recap those four different ways of looking at your 2020 work. Number one, just by the numbers. Are you capturing more or fewer photos? Are your capture habits consistent or are they sporadic? And what's your keeper rate? Number two, your camera settings, which imply the gear you're using. Take a look at the EXIF data. Understand what lenses, what focal lengths, what apertures you're using. Learn your areas of strength and identify the opportunities for growth. Number three, the photo content. For your keepers, look for trends in subjects and composition. And also look for those outliers, those photos that stand out in your work. And number four, the processing. Again, this is just for your keepers. Look for trends in your post-processing. Are you doing a certain kind of treatment? or using the same color palette over and over again, and look for those standout photos as well from a processing point of view. As 2020 comes to a close, I encourage you to spend some time with your photo library. Review the images you've captured this year, whether it's a large set or a small set, 
Think about what worked, identify a few gaps in your shooting habits, and with a little bit of data, you'll be able to take clearer steps to improve your craft in 2021. I'm still absorbing the analysis of my 2020 work, and for the remainder of the year, I'll be thinking about what areas I want to focus on. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> the, uh, the the areas that I want to pay more attention to in 2021 to push my photography forward, and that will be the topic for the next podcast. But before I close out today, I want to thank the members on Patreon for your support. It is your pledges that make this podcast possible and support other free content I do through YouTube and through my website to help other photographers grow and enjoy photography. So I can't express my gratitude enough, and you're probably tired of hearing me say that, but it is true. If you're interested in learning more about the Patreon community, check the show notes. There's also a support the show button on every page of Stop Down Podcast where you can learn more. And that will wrap up the episode. I'm going to take one week off here at the end of 2020 and we'll return in 2021 with episode number 52. We'll talk about setting some goals for our photography going into the new year. I wish you and yours a happy and healthy 2021. And until next time, my name is Scott Davenport. Have fun.